killing dad and fucking mom. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> you lush. Warning for underage listeners. This is an adult-oriented podcast. There will be frequent references to kink, sex, crude language, and various other grotesqueries. If you're under 18 and looking for answers and upfront advice about sex, please visit scarletteen.com. Also, for the dude bro listeners out there, this is nerdy shit. Go away. Welcome to the Gotham Press Podcast. This is a verbal orgy about anything like the Grafenberg spot. The difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. The finer points of throwing a pair of floggers and just whatever the hell we find to talk about. That said, if you have a desire to learn these and many more kinktastic nergasms, stay tuned. Hey everybody, Gotham Press is back again. We told you we're going to keep coming. Wait a second. That didn't sound right. It's Britney, bitch. What the? What the hell's wrong with you? That's what it says. That's what what says. I am opening Cards Against Humanity expansion packs. Ugh. That's one of the white cards. You and your Cards Against Humanity fetish. If I randomly say some bullshit that has nothing to do with the podcast tonight, that's why. <laughs> ah, oh, we have a get. We have a return guest. Oh my god. Return guests, please say something. Hi, I'm Valerian. Hi, Valerian. Valerian came back. I thought we scared her off last time. You mean you? Potato, potato. (laughs) I do live here, so it's kind of hard to scare me off. Okay, I'll I'll give you that. Welcome back. Season 3, Episode 7. We keep going. I like it. What were the topics tonight? (laughs) <laughs> Black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese boys? N- no. Quit, re- right here. <laughs> quit reading the cards. I love these. Larian, can, can you care to help? Care to weigh in on What's his tonight? card reading? I enjoy his card reading. Alright, so I guess we'll move straight into Cards Against Humanity. A genderless hole. A what? A genderless hole. Uh, which, which pack is that, Greedy? I believe this is the uh, Pride Pack. Yes, this is the Pride Pack, Sans Glitter. Because apparently they, they offer two different Pride Packs, which I bought both. Um, one of them is no glitter, one of them is with glitter. And I thought I thought that it was just going to be, you know, something frilly. But before opening it, I felt the package, and indeed it feels like it has little particles of glitter inside. So I'm not going to open the one with craft herpes and expose my house. <laughs> Are you going to open it outside? Thank you for that. No. I think I'm going to leave it in the package and keep it there for many, many years and then sell it on eBay when I'm 75. When you're 75, you won't remember you have it. Your old timers will have kicked in by then. My what? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Pride Pack is appropriate since it's Pride Month. It, it, is very it really true. is. I'm, I'm very glad that I bought it. Uh, between the Pride Pack, the Theater Pack, the Cornholes Pack... <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here. The period pack, which... Still came, what goes with that theme. Th- this this pack, the period pack, actually came wrapped in a maxi. So, uh, wrapped props. in a maxi? Yes, there is there is a... The cards... Oh, there are, are actual cards in Yes, that. there are actual cards Okay. Um, the cornholes pack, which came with uh, what I can only describe as little nuggets of uh, yellow puffed corn cereal. Um... Let's see, the uh, 
the dad pack because Father's Day is a thing. Uh, it came in a uh, DVD case for uh, Hom Tanks Blood Oath Remembrance, the movie. Uh, I'm not sure if it actually has a DVD in here. If it does, I'm going to watch it just for shits and giggles. Hmm. But uh, there's 30, 30 cards in there. Um, college pack, the weed pack, the Cards Against Humanity Saves America pack. This is, this is a uh, menagerie of cards. You have a problem. Probably. <laughs> At least he admits to it. Yeah, that's true. It's the first step. What's the next step? A support group of some kind. I'm sure there's a 12-step program. They're just going to end up playing Cards Against Humanity. Can I read this one? Will, will it offend people? I, I'm not even going to look at it. Just read it. The careless cunt who left a water ring on my credenza. What's a credenza? I don't know. Uh, but apparently a careless cunt left a water ring there. Yeah, I know what a credenza is, but I can't think of the definition right now. That's horrible. Google! You Google that. Googling. <laughs> so, Valerian, do you play Cards Against Humanity? When the occasion arises. Do you enjoy Cards Against Humanity? I do. It's a little overplayed now. I feel like people play it way too often and kind of got burnt out on it. They keep coming up with all these new cards for new horrific combinations. I really want to see what the period pack's all about. <laughs> As a woman, I just think it's going to be horrific, and I can't wait. So, it's a sidebar used in a home or restaurant. A sidebar? That's what a credenza is. Sidebar. Okay. I was going to say, so my first time that I ever played Cards Against Humanity, I got two cards and thought that somebody was trying to pump me. I got the Black Power Ranger and the Biggest Blackest Dick. <laughs> and I looked, I looked at both these cards and I'm like, who dealt these to me? <laughs> See, I've adopted Greedy's style of play when playing with you, where I save all the most racist cards <laughs> for, for when I'm playing against you. That doesn't help. <laughs> or when you're oh the God. judge. <laughs> Again, that doesn't help. That just means that everybody plays those and I have no choice at that point. <laughs> think it's really funny stop playing with you guys <laughs> I think the first time I ever played Cards Against Humanity was actually with you guys it was yeah that's right because you were brand new oh, we, we busted your uh, card cherry you did bust my card cherry you need to read this one a big black dick strapped to a frail white boy no. <laughs> the odds that that would come up at this part of the conversation. Right. Of course. I swear, I had not seen that card before we started this this topic, so... I'm not sure he, I'm not sure if he's telling the truth or not. I just opened the pack, motherfucker. I'm particularly partial to black dick, so I'm all about that card. Yay. Awesome. That That's her guy. My boyfriend. Oh. Well, <laughs> I... Okay, whatever. And his 15-inch penis. The pan it's not 15 inches, I would run away if it were 15 inches. <laughs> I mean, the size of the guy, though, you would think he's back in something similar. He is a big guy, but it is not 15 inches. I would run, literally run. <laughs> I don't think you'd get away. He's, no. he's got the, he's got the, long, the, the, the length for, for, to catch you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He's going to catch you in. Oh, poor you. And destroy oh me with God. his 15-inch cock. <laughs> right now, my mistress is listening to our last episode while soaking in her bathtub. Nice. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting her know that we're recording right now. I feel so special. She never listens. She doesn't? No. Hmm. 
She always says, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen. I feel so special, so honored that Greedy's mistress is finally listening to us. Oh, my God. I feel honored that she's listening. It makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Why? Because well, I was on, on the... that one. <laughs> also. You know okay. your mistress intimidates me. <laughs> I do. I do. And she's probably going to listen to this one now. <laughs> well, Yay. I don't think it's a secret to her that she intimidates Wait, me. Wait, I just thought about it. The two of us, she wouldn't listen to. But the two of us, plus Valerian, she'll listen to. And Valerian, Bella. thank you. I know, I know. Retro was on there with us, too. Yeah. As was her mystery man. Yes, Silent Bob and Retro, they're great. But Valerian, you may be the key to getting Greedy's mistress to listen. Should we do an update on Retro Bella to follow up on the last podcast? Um, Actually, I'm going to see if she, if she wants to come on for another one, and then we can get an update then. Okay. I don't want to put our business out there without her, you know. That is fair enough. So are we done with your cards against humanity? Greedy. Uh, well, I will refrain from opening more packs, but you better know that we're going to be playing very, very soon. Sure, we can play the next game night. <laughs> so tomorrow? No, next game night is at the end of the is at the end of. No, you won't be here for that one. I will not be here for that one. You'll be at camp. I'll be at camp. Actually, let's talk about that. What's camp? Camp is damn camp, uh, also known as what was it known as before? Camp Perv, that's what it was. I was like, I don't know what it was before. Yeah, it used to be known as Camp Perv, where uh, kinksters and polys and anybody that was uh, alternative lifestyle could go out into the wild and do whatever the hell they pleased because it was off the beaten path and not your everyday person would go up to where it was. So we would go up there on Thursday, Thursday morning, set up camp and stay until Sunday afternoon. And clothing was always optional, and there were pieces of play equipment, and people brought uh, toys like uh, floggers, whips, knives, all sorts of really fun, fun, kinky stuff. And you would go and be with your friends out in nature, and it's, it's freaking awesome. And that's where I'm going to be the end of next month. So, get this. So, earlier I was talking with one of my girlfriends, uh, Mickey, and she was saying... You're coming to camp, right? I'm like, no. But you want to. No, I don't. But why not? Because I am not a nature person. I am not the nature boy, Ric Flair. I am not one with nature. I am one with the good, the good life of being inside with air conditioning. I can't say that I blame you, but we're going to be up about 8,000 feet. So the air conditioning is really kind of a, a fleeting thought at that point. You don't really need it so much. It's, it's cooler. Have uh, you been? How do you know you won't enjoy it? Because I've been camping before. Don't multiple times in life. I didn't enjoy it. It is a good opportunity to spend some time with your girlfriend. This is true. But, no. <laughs> come on. <laughs> really? You're going to come on me? Wait a second. That didn't come out right at it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's move on to uh next topic. Next topic. All right. So, going along with some of the uh, nerdier stuff that we were talking about earlier, this is something that you pose, Greedy. Uh, with all the comic book-based media, where do we see the cinematic universe is going in the next five to ten years? This this is a relevant question, in my opinion, and my opinion has not proved to be very relevant re- recently. So. 
I'm, I'm curious to see where you guys think this is going to be. Well, Valerian, have, are you, have you been... Are you caught up with the cinematic movies? No. The cinematic movies. <laughs> the the I com- swear. The cinematic comics. Tonight is Dia de los Redundance. Probably. Like white Caucasian. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was funny. No, I'm not caught up. And in fact, we talked about that in the last podcast that I need to do like a whole Marvel marathon. Right, but see, that was like two weeks ago. You could have caught up by now. No, I don't know when I would have done that. Hey, I've got an idea. Oh, let's. You let's, always have an idea. Let's do that. Let's, as a household, do that. We'll, we'll like. Didn't we one... have a suggestion last time? Maybe. So are you mean, like slept. like pick a movie night like once a week and watch yeah, one? Yeah, once or twice a neat. Once or twice a week. Yeah, we'll, once or once or twice a neat. Once or twice a week, we'll sit down as a group and watch a movie right here in the living room. Maybe we can do that. But the answer is no. I am not caught up, and I am really undereducated on this topic because I don't know anything about comic books hardly at all. It's okay. It's all right. We can teach you. We the men. Of the Gotham Press can teach you. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to mansplain something. I think it's coming off as correctile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> anyway, no, so for my opinion, based on all that, right now, mm-hmm. it's it's strong. Everybody loves the comic book based movies. Okay. They love the unit well, let me phrase that. The Marvel comic book <laughs> thank you for qualifying that yes because the DC ones Wonder Woman did great oh yeah Wonder Woman did amazingly well every other DC movie though <laughs> has just fallen flat so well, wait you, wasn't Suicide Squad a DC movie it was and it fell flat it did it did I thought it, it did was, well I, I personally I enjoyed it for what it was I loved it but a lot of people did not I thought it did really well I was mistaken I guess in the overall, and when I'm speaking this, I'm not speaking as the worldwide community, what they like. I'm talking the actual comic book loving nerd community. So they didn't like it? They no. did not like it. Why? Well, one big factor, actually a couple of factors. They didn't like Jared Leto as the Joker. <gasps> not Jared Leto, the, the version of the Joker that he portrayed. Really? Yeah, because... There are several versions of the Joker in right. the comics. Mm-hmm. That particular one is not one that's well liked. I would say that was my favorite part of the movie. And, and that's fine. Joker and Harley. Right. Do you remember the scene when they show a joke, like the classic Joker look and Harley in her black and red classic outfit? It was just like a little quick scene with the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Yet yeah, that was the look that the fans were really looking for. And then they just shat on that when they took it away like 10 seconds after they started that scene. Pretty much. But, and then, Will Smith is a great actor. I love Will Smith's movies. They could have got somebody else for Deadshot. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Deadshot isn't even black. I'm kind of, I think, I want to say he's Hispanic he's in the Hispanic. comic. Yeah. Is this the movie that had that crazy chick in the end that was doing that weird movie? Yes. Yeah, yes. that was weird. I didn't like that part. Yeah. And... That's even a character in the comics, and that's fine. But the way that they had her movement was just really awkward to watch for some reason. I think it was supposed to be awkward to watch. Yeah. What upset me about that, because the movie's been that long enough, I can, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, 
when they defeated her at the end. (gasps) They defeated her? Anyway. And you thought the girl was dead. In my head, I'm thinking, don't get up. Just let her die. It's okay. You can have somebody die in a comic, even the good guys. She died. She died a good death. Let her... Nope, she's getting up. She's fine. Never mind. Yeah. That, that's something that upset me about the movie. It was like, don't make her sacrifice mean nothing. Because she didn't sacrifice anything now. It's just kind of like, oh, all right, all that, all that trauma that we went through, no reason. Now, Diablo, he's gone, apparently, supposedly. But we'll see what happens. If they come out with another one. I'll believe it ten movies down the line when he's still not back. <laughs> so, I think that one of Greedy's questions was, where do you think the Marvel Universe is going to be able to go? Because they're using all their material. Okay, as far as the Marvel material, they have decades of material to, to pull from. Yes, they're using all their big names up front, but they literally have decades of stuff to pull from. Well, but that's, my, that's exactly my point. The big names are the ones that society as a whole knows and recognizes. When they run out of those big names, who the fuck is going to come after Captain Squirm? I mean... Here's the thing. Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody knew that before the movie. Ant-Man. People knew of Ant-Man, but nobody cared about Ant-Man before the movie. Yeah. What they're proving is they can bring out these lesser-known characters and then build up a fan base around them. A lot of their shows that they're doing. They're building up lesser-known characters. Jessica Jones? I didn't know who Jessica Jones was before the Netflix series. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Luke Cage? I knew of him, but I didn't know about him before the series. Fucking Iron Fist. I still don't really care about Iron Fist. His, his, yeah. his, his, his season was weak. I'm hoping they're going to do better next season. Daredevil. People know Daredevil, and that's why they started with him. Well, but they, they started Daredevil with the uh, the movie, the, the fucking... Oh, please, dear God, ben don't... Affleck ben Affleck, Affleck. <laughs> yeah. And how, how many years ago was that? That was before Marvel had its own studio. True. And yeah, we, we don't speak of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you did not like Ben Affleck as Daredevil? Is that what I'm taking away from this conversation? 90% of people didn't like Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You may have liked him, but I'm saying most other people in the comic community were just like, what the hell is this? So was he thinking that he could redeem himself like Ryan Reynolds did with their with Deadpool by becoming in as Batman? Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I can't blame him for Batman. I blame bad writing. I blame studio decisions for most of that. I, the only thing I can blame him for is allowing himself to be pulled into that deeply with it. I mean, did you ever see any of his uh, interviews after the movie released? No. Mo- there, there's one that's famous that as they're talking about it you see him look like he's about to get pissed off or cry mm. because they're talking about the movie he's like oh dear god this shit shows in is the look he has on his face mm. he's actually he tried to get out of doing uh, another Batman solo film he tried his best but he's contractually locked into it but wasn't he going to direct a movie yes he still wants to direct it but he does not want to act in it he does not want to act in it at all. So can't he change the direction of his character a little bit? He could. He could try. But at this point, the fans have already spoken as far as outrage. Now, if he came out and did an amazing job as that man, great, that can help. 
but in reality, the studio wants it to go a certain way. It wants it to be pigeonholed in to fit with the rest of the Justice League movie and the uh, Batman v Superman movie. It may not work out that well. So basically, the studio doesn't give a shit about the people that actually know the comics. They want to make something that sells and pander to the 8 or 10 year old comic book crowd. And the funny thing is, Ben Affleck, he knows Batman. He loves Batman. Yeah, he does. So he, I, he knows where to go with it. I will give Ben Affleck full marks. He he knows he knows the root of the story. Okay, he's he's spent time educating himself on comics, as ironic as that sounds, and he's he's genuinely interested in seeing Batman progress as Batman should. That said, he doesn't have the pull with the studio that he needs to make it happen the way it should. That seems kind of crazy. Ben Affleck, you know, he should be able to do what he wants. Should see here's the thing: Ben Affleck has a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. The studio has more, a lot more. So, do you think that there is going to come a point where we reach comic book fatigue finally? Oh yeah, yes. no, we're, we're already reaching that point. But the thing is, the studios are trying to stagger it out. So that's why they're that's why you're getting more TV shows with heroes instead of these big summer movies Never. because that way it's like. Oh, okay. I don't necessarily have to go and spend a whole bunch of money to see a hero. I can just sit in the comfort of my own home and just watch if I want to. And then very much like Disney went with their straight-to-DVD releases. I mean, Aladdin, Aladdin 4, Jafar may need glasses. <laughs> They're going to do the same thing. Okay, the the comic book studios are going to do the exact same thing. And they're going to release straight to uh, video streaming. And which they that's technically yeah, what they're doing with Netflix that's, with, well, the, with Hulu with Hulu. But Netflix even. Netflix is different. I mean, they they are their own their own network of sorts. True. And they've they've got contracts for the stories that they're doing. Okay, so another thing with the uh, cinematic mm-hmm. uh, comic things, DC their movie uh, cinematic universe weak, very weak. But their television series, most of them are very strong. That's where they're getting their big pool from. Do you feel like those TV shows are doing better than Netflix shows? Only because they have more time in. But it's also a matter of which you which you're more of a fan of. Are you more a fan of Marvel or more of a fan of DC? Like with the television show Agents of Shield, that show has been out for a while, but it has yet to actually get the full pull that the Warner Brothers, the DC shows have. Because the DC shows they're pulling from a full their their own universe on TV, whereas uh, Agents of Shield they were creating their own thing, but they were still trying to trying to work within the confines of the movie universe. Mm-hmm. Which I like that fact. I like the fact that hey, these things that happen, these big things that happen, are affecting the small things that the bigger heroes just don't know about. I feel like the the quality of the TV show is better on Netflix than it is. On what is it, the CW? Where yeah, CW. Yeah. Well, and I agree with that only because Netflix doesn't have the restraints that the CW has. That's true. It it is a more of a gritty, real feeling, and the CW just sound feels more like monster of the week, right? And that's exactly what it is. It's literally monster villain of the week. They have an overarching story, mm-hmm. but they have to get those monsters of the week to keep pulling in. As Greedy said, the younger viewers. I say the millennials that don't have the attention span for an overarching story. 
If you're looking for something that doesn't require as much of an attention span, I was just thinking that the that the CW shows they're too much of a time commitment. Like the seasons are too long. We're I'm too used to shorter Netflix seasons now, or like AMC type seasons that are shorter and not 24 episodes long. And you know what? They have those half seasons now. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to watch the whole season up front. We'll just give you half, and then we'll give you a break so you can watch something else, and then we'll come back with the rest of it. Yeah, I've tried to go back and finish, like catching up on the Arrow and catching up on the Flash, and it's just too many. I'm not. Not for you. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not for everybody. No. Just like they're not for me. Yeah. I'm the. I'm one of the people that I am all in. I've bought in. I've given the time. I'm, will, I'm willing to go. So, to answer your question as far as where it's going to be going in the next decade or so, mm-hmm. I don't see them slowing down. Especially Marvel since they have, as my old roommate used to say, they have the mouse money with Disney. <laughs> yeah. So they can afford to take chances and do all this. Not that Warner Brothers is poor by any means, but Warner Brothers usually won't take as many chances as uh, Disney will because they have the money to back up whatever chances they decide to take. Honestly, I was kind of... I was happy when I heard the news that Disney might be buying Fox. Really? Yeah. The only thing I was worried about was them taking Deadpool from an R rating to like a PG-13. They better not. But no, they said they wouldn't. But then, uh, I forget who else it was, what the company was, they swooped in and they're talking about buying Fox instead. So what this means now is that we still won't have the X-Men or Deadpool or the Fantastic Four within the Marvel Universe. Hmm. They're still going to be on their own thing. Why does Fox need to be bought? Because Fox is its own entity. They have their own movie studio. Right. And that studio is completely separate from the current Marvel Universe. There's no way to get any of those characters in there. No, I get that, but why, why is anybody thinking about buying Fox? Like, are they going... Why are they trying to sell their company? Well, Fox is running into some money troubles. Oh, I see. Because most of their movies, even the good X-Men movies, did not provide as much revenue as they were hoping. Really, Disney does not need to buy another studio. I mean... The only re- the only reason many fans want it is because with the, with the series that Fox owns, like the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, there are a lot of stories that they want to do that they can't due to comic book quality like the way the fans actually remember it or want it to be because they don't own the characters to do it with mm. like Fox literally owns all of the mutants it, that was another thing that pissed Marvel off Fox told Marvel Studios that they are not allowed to use the word mutant in any of their movies <laughs> Is laughing? that why they call them? Yeah. What do they call them? Metahumans? What no, no. Metahumans them? is DC. DC. Uh, they call them um... <laughs> changelings. No, not changelings. <laughs> no. Probably uh, cannot remember. Powered people, uh, enhanced, or something like that. But basically, they use every word that is not mutant. Like when they put in uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the overall Avengers movies. They're both mutants, but they couldn't say that. The only reason that they got them in there was because there was a loophole where Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were technically part of the Avengers. And because of that, they have 
That's why you had in the <clears throat> in the X Men movies, you had their own version of Quicksilver, and in the Avengers movies, the overall MCU, they had their own uh, version of Quick Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. See, I am so out of touch with comic books that I don't even know who those characters are. <laughs> Quicksilver's a really fun guy that runs really fast. Scarlet Witch is the chick that makes things move with her hands. <laughs> That's the best I can tell you right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sorry. I, I have gone way overboard on this topic. <laughs> you are a comic book enthusiast, and it shows. I tr- I do my best. That's why I asked you that. <laughs> Thing is, I'm not even the most enthusiastic person that I know. I have a friend that lives back in. Actually, I have two friends that live back in St. Louis. The two of them in a room together was hilarious because you throw out a comic book related topic and that was a conversation slash argument slash agreeable agreeable uh, conversation for like hours. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on from that, moving on from that. If you have anything, any thoughts about comics or about where you think things are going to be going, feel free to hit us up on FetLife, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're everywhere. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, I'm going to move over to the king side of things. Uh, first question we have. All right, how do you feel about being honest about what you want, both to yourself and to others? Valerian? Why don't you start, Greedy? Well, because I said Valerian. <laughs> and then I said Greedy. Yeah, whatever. Um... Honesty is honesty is like speak up. It's it's the the core of what we do. I mean, if you're not gonna be honest with the people you're involved with, then why the fuck are you doing this to begin with? You're going to wind up hurting yourself and or somebody else severely. Okay, that's true. But what about being honest with yourself about what you want in regards to Hey, I want this person, and I love this person. I really want this, but they don't. Again, it's it goes back to what I just said. If you're not going to be honest with yourself and with others, why the fuck are you doing this? Are, are you doing this to please somebody else, but you're doing something that you don't really like? I mean, the fuck? It can, <laughs> it can be hard to be honest with yourself. And it can be really hard to face certain truths about yourself that you don't want to face. Like, I'm a kinky motherfucker. And I don't know that that's a a positive thing. And so I'm going to try to shove that down and live a vanilla life. I think many of us have experience with that. (laughs) And, you know, being honest with yourself that this is actually something that I need in my life and in my relationships. And I will not be happy without it. Um, is can be hard and can be something that you're not trying to avoid on purpose but you just don't see for a long time so it takes some work and it takes some digging and it takes some a lot of self-reflection in order to be honest with yourself about who you are and what you really want all right and I so from my personal spirit there are things there are times where you're thinking okay I want this this is what I want and like you said greedy Yes, I want to be honest with this person. But I know that this person isn't into that. I want to be with this person. So I now have to, as she said, 
either not be honest and pull it back or be honest and then I don't get to be with this person that I care about. Okay, you're, you're limiting yourself to what your fears are. What you just said, okay? Either I have to do this and limit myself or I have to do this and not get what I want. Well, who says that? Who says that there are only two options there? Well, I'm not saying that there are only two options, but what I'm saying is the experience a lot of people have is just that. Think of people in vanilla relationships. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, I want to go and do this, honey. Let's go do this. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. Okay, honey, we'll do that. That's a lot of vanilla vanilla relationships, right? Yeah. And And that's... And that's what a lot of people are bringing to their kink relationships. Okay, there is the problem, though. That's the dishonesty. You're you're not you're not saying, "Hey, this is something I really want to do." You're saying, "Oh, you don't want to do that." Okay, I'll cower to you. What the fuck? Do do what you want. Tell tell, like, okay, let's say, just just for posterity here, let's say that Awesome and I are in a relationship. Okay, I'm top. <laughs> I get to watch. You wish. <laughs> you um, said you get to watch. Yeah. yeah, she did. We we know that's your fantasy. I'm pretty sure that's my mistress's fantasy too, except the other way around. No, no. Anyway, anyway, um, if if uh, whoever the top is gets a suggestion from the bottom, and the top automatically says, "No, we're doing this." Well, you're you're going to do one of two things. You're going to cower and consent to it, or you're going to say, "Okay, I, I don't really feel like doing that. I'm going to do this." Okay. Either way, you're making a choice. And if you're not willing to stand up and be honest with your partner, if you're not willing to be honest with yourself, then what the fuck are you doing in that relationship? A lot of people are in relationships because they, they at some point they cared about that person obviously mm-hmm. but also a lot of times and I've seen this loneliness is a bitch yeah yeah people, there are people that are not either comfortable or capable of being alone and you seem kind of hostile about it but while I would never argue that absolutely I feel like being honest and upfront about what you want and what you need in a relationship is the best way to go mm-hmm. but it is not so simple for everybody to do that yeah. They're, like Captain said like if you are in a relationship with somebody that you deeply love and you want to stay in that relationship with them and you're worried that being honest is going to end that relationship that's a really hard thing to face it's a really hard obstacle to overcome and then to be honest and be open with people about who you really are is such a hor- like a very, very vulnerable place to put yourself in. When you are fear afraid of being rejected, it can be really devastating mm-hmm. to put yourself out there and be honest with somebody about what you want from a relationship and have them tell you no. And that's their right to tell you no, but it is a very vulnerable place to be in. So it's hard for some people. So instead of being like, you just need to be that way, how can people who are struggling with being that way reach that point? How can they become confident enough and secure enough in who they are to put that out into the universe and put that into the world and feel secure that they're not gonna be hurt? Or have the tools to handle being hurt, because everybody gets hurt. Mm 
That, that is that is a solid question that I do not feel um, I am qualified to answer. You pointed out that I, I appear very hostile about this. Yes, I am. I used to be in a relationship where I was told what I was going to do even after I made a suggestion and it made me feel it made me feel like shit and uh, I got out of that relationship thankfully um, I got into a relationship with a woman that has pointed out to me that hey that's not okay and she has she has done everything she can to keep me from sliding back to that and now that I see it for what it is it's like how the hell did I miss this all those years? So have you always felt like you could go to your mistress and be completely honest about everything you want and everything you feel like you might need from your relationship? No. I, I have felt insecure about things, and that's been rooted in, in, again, in my past. So how did you get past that? By talking to her. No, by... by by telling her this this is how I feel you know I I think it's based in I think it's based in my previous relationship but this is this is how I feel and I I I don't feel I don't feel right I think in the end that it might take a little bit at a time if I know for me in my personal journey I've, I've entered I left my vanilla marriage um, and had to come to terms with the fact that I could not do vanilla like I thought I could and that this was something that I needed in my life. So I had to be honest with myself about that. But even when I joined the community, um, I felt I feel like I was having a hard time being honest about who I really was in my own kink to the people around me and to my relationships um, and to the relationships I was trying to start. And I think it took a little bit at a time and over time it got easier and easier and I'm still on that journey but I will say that there isn't there's probably no chance that you're ever going to be really happy in your relationships truly happy in your relationships until you find a way to overcome that fear and be honest about what you really need and what you really want out of that relationship okay here's a question what is a step that you know that you took to do that it was time for me, it was just time. Like, it took time to trust the people in this community um, to form relationships. Um, it took time to, and it took experiences. It took releasing a little bit of who I am. So putting a little bit about who I am out there and it, you know, and it not slapping me in the face. And I was accepted for it and I was still loved for it. And then I felt, you know, emboldened to reveal maybe a little bit more and be a little bit more honest about who I was. And then that helped me be honest with myself as well. It helped in my reflection. And then being exposed to different kinds of kinks and different kinds of relationship styles um, helped me see what I was what I was even looking for myself that I maybe didn't even know I was looking for it or that I needed it. Or experiencing things and realizing that wasn't for me helped me be honest with myself about who I was. But it's just it just took time. I'm a very shy person a very insecure person naturally and so some people are really you know they have a really outgoing and extroverted personality and they really they're like this is who i am you could just fucking take it or leave it and they have that confidence and that's really great and that's really awesome for them 
but there are people like me that just really they need time and they and I feel like there can then they can kind of get stuck where they're like well I didn't feel comfortable being honest about who I was up front but now I do and am I gonna look like I was a liar before or like I'm not an honest person before or you know like I'm not a genuine and authentic person I wouldn't say that you at least in this community as far as my experience I wouldn't say that you're you would look not authentic or like a liar. I'll say that you look like someone that may have grown. That may be like that is how you were before, but with as you said, time and experience, now you've grown to know yourself better. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you want out of a good community is that they're not just going to look at you and see you once and think, "Oh, that's exactly how you are forever." Ready? Thoughts? I think that's pretty well spot on. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know that I could have said that any better. I do what I can. We're pretty lucky <laughs> in our community. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Did you, you know what? Maybe you're a dick. You have you have moments of sheer genius and stop there. That was one. What were you what were you gonna say, Larry? Just that we that we're really lucky in our community because we have a really accepting community for the most part. Um And it makes it easy to, it's become, I mean, and I guess I, I'm pretty lucky too, because I found family here and this is my second family. And so I've only, I've been in the community for close to three years now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took a while before I felt like that, but if I hadn't found that, then I probably still would, if I felt like I was on the outside of the community looking in, instead of feeling like you guys are my family, then I still might not be emboldened enough to be honest about who I am or on that journey towards becoming even more. Okay. I'm glad we could help. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's see here. Uh, what was that last time? Oh, okay. Do you, you think that we've spoken enough on that? Greedy? Delirious? I think so. I think so. All right. So last topic of, of this episode, uh, it kind of touches base with what we were just talking about. How do you take rejection in the kink world when you go up to somebody hey i really want to play with you hey i've seen you around i really like you hey i think that we would be good together and they just say either flat out no or they may let you down easy or sometimes they just even ghost you how do you deal with that and cry in a ball in the closet no i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> you got you no, got better than that. That's not the answer. Are you I don't sure? know that that is a healthy response. Oh, you stalk them until <laughs> they say yes. I don't think that's a healthy response either. Oh no, I'm pretty sure he's right on this one. You guys have led me astray. I mean, I thought that the community was great, but <laughs> wow, <laughs> and I she feel betrayed. I feel betrayed as well. I think no, greedy. Mm-hmm. I feel rejected. Mm. Mm. As you should. Listeners, as I said before, he's a dick. But seriously, how how do you deal with rejection? Wait, let let me ask this. And not trying to put anyone on the spot. Have you been rejected since you've been in the kink community? Yes. Pretty? Yes. And yes, I have as well. So... When you were rejected, was it a flat out, oh God, no? Or was it more of a subtle, I appreciate it, but no thank you? 
it was more of a I it was more of a let down easy. Okay. I would say I've never felt I've never rarely have I ever just flat out asked somebody for something like a pickup play or something like that that I could get an immediate no. Mm-hmm. Um and the few times that I have done that, I was lucky enough not to be rejected in those instances. But I have attempted to start relationships and that have not gone where I wanted them to go. And that was more of a slow letdown, an easy letdown. And how did you take those? Other than crying in the closet for hours on end. (laughs) Well, I don't handle things the most healthy way. I retreat. So I build up walls. I pull back. I, I kind of, I don't let it hurt me. And that's probably not the most healthy way to go about doing that. I try to pull you out of those walls. I try to get get out of there. (laughs) Yeah. They don't always work, but I try. (laughs) What about you, Reedy? Please repeat that. All right. So you've been rejected. Mm -hmm. How were you rejected? Was it a blatant one or was it a easy letdown sort of thing? It was, it was an easy letdown and an easy letdown that, uh, it turned out that they were just testing me. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that. The testing thing, I cannot say that. Even before I got into the whole kink community in vanilla relationships, I hated when people would try to test you for things like, "Oh no, I'm just gonna do this to test him to see if he will do this or if he will say the, th- the right thing." Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand that. I I just felt it was stupid. I agree. We could probably do a whole topic on that. Actually. We probably could. Hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll that in. Yeah, I'll put for next time. <laughs> but for a future time. Because I actually have some thoughts I'll about that too. Not I, I've got it. It's okay. I think that there's also a lot of variance and perspective on that depending on like what side of the slash you're on. Um, male versus female. Like there are a lot of True. angles to that topic. But Even poly versus mono. Right. There are certain things with it. Yeah. But greedy, you never said how you handled it. How did you process that and get through it? I walked away. <laughs> I, I I really don't know how to process rejection very well. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that people don't reject me typically. Um, so when it does happen, it's it's kind of a kind of harsh, you know. Do you feel like you are you have a like a good healthy confidence in yourself so you don't see your interactions with people? Because I feel like some people naturally are looking through a filter and they see mm-hmm. most interactions with other people as some form of rejection or another. And then I think other people have more confidence, and so when they're dealing with people, they just they don't see it as rejection. Yeah, um, I, I I guess I can see how they would see. It how they would say that, but I was listening to a uh, YouTube video tonight with Awesome, and uh, we were watching a YouTube video, and in that video they said they said something that really resonated with me. It's not about what you mean, it's about what's perceived. So when, you know, you know the video. Yes, I, I, I do. Um, when, somebody, when somebody says something as innocent as they intend it to be, it's not their intentions that matter. It's about what the other person hears. So why do you think you're able to go through life not really perceiving any kind of rejection while other people struggle so hard with it? 
Because I'm dense? I don't know. Because <laughs> you're dense? <laughs> wow. You don't think it's like some kind of confidence that you've managed to build up in yourself? Uh, possibly. Um, I, I really don't know, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm actually leaning more toward the dense idea. <laughs> uh, the reason I say that is a lot of times when people flirt with me, I'm oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. When people reject me, I am oblivious to that too. I I, I think oh they, they just don't want to hang out. Okay, you know it, it's not it's not something I take as oh my god I've just been rejected. But there are some people who would give anything to be able to be so nonchalant about that. So if somebody says they didn't want to hang out with me, some people are devastated by that. Like they just really can't help but internalize it and make it personal about them. Like, I facilitate um, a group, a discussion group in our community, and that is something that's come up on multiple times is I really have a hard time with feeling rejected, and I don't really know how to handle that. And hmm. I don't, so, so whatever secret you have that allows you to just have that roll off your back, like it's no big deal, and just move on with your life, I think you could bottle that up and sell it, because there are some people <laughs> who really have a hard time with that. Now available at your local corner store, a greedy solution to all your problems and relationships. <laughs> Don't buy it. It's poisoned. Probably. Because <laughs> that's going to be the, the cure to your problems with relationships. <laughs> Never worrying about them again. Wow, that is so morbid. It is. That's, that's awful. It is. So as far as me, the rejection, because I've had to go both ways. I've been let down easy, and I've been very flatly rejected. Me personally... I appreciate a flat rejection. I, well, not so much anymore, but I used to be one of those guys like, oh, well, they rejected me this time. Well, maybe I'll try again. You know, if that little door was left open, uh, hey, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate a very flat, very thorough, no, I'm not interested. You know, I, because, I, because that way there is no guessing game. I don't know if both of you know this, I am shit when it comes to reading to reading people. <laughs> oh my god, we share something else. No, 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 no. I don't want that. <laughs> Your brothers. Oh, stop <laughs> it. No, but yeah, I remember yeah. Early, early on in my journey in this kink world, I had a friend. A uh, friend of mine, he had a submissive. I wanted to have a scene with his submissive. I asked him. I talked to her. They said left them think about it, which was fine. And then a couple days later, he came to me. Hey, we appreciate you wanting to play with her, but we decided that we wouldn't want to go through that. And at that point, I'm like, okay, that's fine. The easiest way for me to deal with that was, okay, I'm new. Obviously, I don't have the experience that they want. So therefore, I moved on with it. Um... Actually, since I've been out here, I saw somebody. I was like, oh, I like her. I want to do things with her. And I think I'm going to. I went up to her in a very blatant way. (laughs) And I was like, hey, I think we would do very well together. You know, just very out there. Just put it out there. And she was like, just right there in front of everybody that was there. No. But we could no. Okay, nothing I can do about that, right? I didn't go off and 
fume about or anything. I just have to realize, okay, what did I do? And that's what I do. I don't necessarily internalize, but I look in and try to figure out, all right, where did I mess up? Where, where, why, I should say. Why did that not succeed for me? Hmm. And then just try to move on. Yes, Greedy? No, that that's, that's, that's deep. But yeah. no, have you found there are times, though, that there's not going to be a reason or something that you did that you could have done differently in order to make that interaction go differently. Sometimes whatever Sometimes. it is that you're offering up, somebody's just just not interested. Not interested. And that's usually where I end up at. It's not necessarily that I can't figure out why. It's just a matter of I don't know, but obviously I didn't have whatever it was that they wanted. But you don't get angry and you don't pester. I get, I get frustrated. I honestly get like all on, hey, I'm going to yell and scream and throw things around. I get frustrated. I get frustrated mostly at myself because, hey, obviously I don't have that skill or I didn't have whatever it was that they were looking for. So then I'm thinking, I I just do better. Do you think it would be helpful instead of focusing on what you don't have, focusing on what you do have to offer somebody else who actually want it? I've thought about that before. And I personally, I am currently trying to do better in things. But... That's a lot of work, and I don't have all the answers, sadly. I wish I did. <laughs> okay. Um, along that thought, then, have you ever asked somebody that's rejected you, why? You know, like, not, not, from, a, not from a creepy, what the fuck is wrong with you, bitch, type of... Type of... <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone that route with it. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't assume you would. I mean, you're not that type of person. But have you ever said, like, three or four days or weeks or months later... Hey, when I asked you that night, can I can I ask you why you said no? I personally have not done that. Mostly okay. because at that point, it's a matter of they didn't want whatever I didn't have. So I wasn't that worried about it. It's like, okay, I just need to focus on getting myself, make myself, what's the word I'm looking for? This sounds like a, this sounds more marketable in the dating pool. Hmm. So you built your stock portfolio. Okay. Basically, that's what I'm trying to do. Yes. But it's still in the low whatevers, but I'm working well, on it. We'll, we'll work on your knife skills later. No, I'm far, far, far away from knife skills. I know. That's why I said we'll work on it. <laughs> I, still, I still have many other skills I need to build up before I even try to get to oh, knives. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. We're on the same page now. Yeah. I still need to get better at flogging, get rope, at many things. Okay. Honestly, I just need to get better at being a dominant. Okay. I think learning to take a no is a really useful skill in the community. Yes, it is. <laughs> because you're going to have to face that at some point. Um, and learning how to take it and handle it gracefully and just kind of walk away and not... Because some people, they will hound, they will pester. And like you said... They will flip out. <laughs> they will flip out. Some people get very angry um, and feel like it's not fair or that... How dare you not like me? Right. Or I, I know somebody who always puts it, makes that other person kind of a bad person. So they don't like me because they're too shallow or they're too selfish or they're too concerned with what other people think. Or it's always some kind of failing on the other person's fault. And that's the reason why they don't see how wonderful this person is. You know? And so it's... 
really better to stay away from thoughts like that and stay away from the anger and just learn to take a graceful no. I mean, I can't, it's hard though. And I don't, and I really don't have more room to talk because I'm so afraid of that no, that it really prohibits me from going out there and trying to get more partners or do more pickup play or anything like that because I'm so afraid of that no. So I really, those people that can go out there and proposition people and ask people to play and handle it really gracefully when the answer is no, I really respect those people because they have got something that I don't, which is the balls to go out and ask. I'll be honest with you. It took me a long time to get up to that point. Yeah. Super long time. There were years, even when I, even before I got out into all this, years that I went like, hey, I really like that person. I should probably say something. But no, they wouldn't be interested in me. So I just kind of let it go. I'm sure there are many relationships I missed out doing that. Which I'm okay with at this point in the game because they may not have been into all this. I may have completely bypassed this whole lifestyle without ever knowing. In which case, I would feel really bad. <laughs> One thing I do want to say about it, though, is that something that people need to practice is the other side. So practice taking a no from somebody. Mm-hmm. But practice giving a no to somebody as mm-hmm. well. Because I know that one of the things that I struggle with and one of the things I know a lot of other people in the community struggle with is not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings. So what you end up doing is not being clear enough and not being upfront enough. No, I'm not interested. You leave that door open like you were talking about earlier. Right. And you, you try to let them down, but it's too soft of a letdown. And really, you're just leading to more pain and worse misunderstandings later if you can learn how to gracefully say no as well as gracefully take a no then those are both really good skills to have I agree and then sometimes there are sadly just those people that just don't take the no right yeah but then there but on the other side there are those people who just string people along because they're so afraid to just say no or they end up doing things in like in the dungeon or at parties that they don't really even want to do right. because they're too afraid to say no and they haven't learned how to say no to people. Right. The the word no is not a bad word. No, it's not. And you don't have to be a dick about it, but ew, no. <laughs> yeah. That's being a dick. Yeah. yeah. Or or I don't want to do that. Well, obviously, you're not a real submissive. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, that, that is a phrase that gets bandied about that shouldn't. No. Dumbass syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want to stay away from anybody that would tell you that. Definitely. So, yes. Know how to take a no. Know how to give a no. Know how to resist if somebody tries to talk down to you for saying the, for saying the word no. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think uh, we may have reached the end. I, I think so. All right. Well, Larry, do you have any uh, closing thoughts? No. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Well, thanks thank for you ahead. for coming back. <laughs> Pretty, any closing thoughts? I'm opening another pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an addiction to you. It is. It is. Well, on that note, thanks, listeners, for coming back for another episode. This is Captain Awesome. Please don't break your toys. You'll want them around. And uh, this is the guy from Press. I hope you enjoyed.